Hello and welcome to Obscurity Knox. I'm your host, Will Harris. You probably already knew that. What you don't know is today's guest, but you will recognize him the second you see his picture. He's been in more things than I'm even going to try to count right now, but among them, Wayne's World. Uh, that's my bush to go a little more obscure. Uh, Ghostbusters 2. Gosh, autofocus. A zillion things. Soon you'll be seeing him pop up on The Good Wife again. He's had a recurring role in there over the years. Uh, he's going to be in Greg Kinnear's new movie. And upcoming episode of Rosewood. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Kurt Fuller. Hello. Uh, thank you for, uh, for asking me to join a podcast called Obscurity Knox. <laughs> so the concept, as you know, is to go through... A uh, actor's filmography and pull out a dozen of the most obscure projects we can find under the rationale that you have got stories that you've probably never told before because no one else has cared enough to actually ask you about these things. But you do have the luxury of having three virtual cards you can play. Right. We'll go over those again because I, I yes. read them, but I, you know, this is a very Absolutely. complicated podcast. Yes, we try to make it extremely difficult. Jeez. Uh Well, the first one is the. Uh, just say no card uh, that gives you the opportunity to simply say no to a particular project. Okay. In uh, honor of Nancy Reagan. Exactly. It's, it's a nice little uh, bonus. All right. Uh, then you've got the switcher card, which gives you the opportunity to switch out one of the projects for a different project of uh, approximately equal obscurity level. I've got plenty of those. And then the other is the one-liner card, which gives you the opportunity to only have to explain just in a single sentence why you don't want to go into detail about this project. And it could be as generic as it was no fun. Okay. Just, you got to say something. I know. Jeez. Louise. Okay. All right. Very, very tough. Very, very tough. I'm, I'm, it's early in the morning on the West Coast. Well, it's, it's, it's a little early to be getting this stressed out, but I'm going to do it. And yet at the same time, hopefully you're, you might actually give us better stuff because you're not even thinking straight. You got that right. <laughs> All right, well, the first role, uh, or first project, I should say, uh, is uh, Hurricane Sam. Hurricane Sam was very, very early, and that was the first show that Fred Savage's brother, Ben Savage, starred in for Fox, mm -hmm. and... I thought, my God, you know, they're going to be like, this is going to be a dynasty, and it turned out to be true. Uh, and also, it was the first time I met and even became aware of Fran Drescher. It was before The Nanny, and she played, oh man, she might have played The Nanny on this one, I'm not sure. But I remember I played the principal at his high school, or not high school, grade school, who was very nervous and... Uh, you know, he was driving me crazy, Hurricane Sam. And, but I remember Fran Drescher being, I, so envious of her because she was so funny and she had incredible timing. And, you, you know, you see why some people take off because she just had it all. She was smoking hot at the time. Maybe she still is. I haven't seen her in a while. But, she also had impeccable timing and a very funny voice. And the thing I remember most about Hurricane Sam is that Ben Savage's mother was there every day, which I thought was great. And Fran Drescher might have been her. It might have been the first thing she ever did. 
Mm-hmm. It might have been her first uh, sitcom. I know she had done some uh, film work prior well, to that. Well, you, you have the benefit of probably looking on the Internet and her IMDb page, so sue me. For me, it's the first, by the way, it's the first thing she ever did on television or movies. <laughs> otherwise. My God. Okay. I could not be more chagrined. This is going terribly, and it's all my fault. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what I remember. I remember Frank Drescher. Uh, one thing I was curious about, uh, that Karen Valentine was in it. Karen Valentine was in it. That's right, from Room 222. Yes. And uh, Karen Valentine was very nice. She actually came in and replaced someone. Okay. She had replaced the original mother, who uh, I think works all the time and... Uh, you know, didn't 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 do her any harm, and Karen Valentine was very nice. She hadn't been on TV in a while, and she was very nervous. That I remember. I remember uh, having to. Was Ray Walston in that? Let me ask that. He, that's what I was, the other person I was going to ask you. About. Yes. Okay. Karen. Yes. All right. Can we get past Karen Valentine? Sure. All right. Lovely lady. Uh, <laughs> but Ray Walston. Okay, here was a guy, I was, this was early on in my career, but I didn't start acting, I didn't start professionally acting until I was 35 or 36, uh, and here was a guy who, from my favorite, Martian and South Pacific and just a million things, and he was, he was so delightful and such a pro and so insecure and would ask, you know, did you like this, did you like that? And insisted that when he was introduced to the, they introduced you to a studio audience, that my favorite Martian was not mentioned. That he was Ray <laughs> Walston from South Pacific. Could not <laughs> let them say my favorite Martian. That's kind of awesome, though. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. That was awesome. That was my first, you know, true star sighting. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, the next up, we've got. Uh, okay, are we done? Uh, for that one, yeah. Are we done for the? But there's more. Unfortunately, okay. yes. I'm sorry. All right, go ahead. Go next. I appreciate your optimism, but there are actually eleven more. Whoa! Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so number two would be Lori Hill, which we were actually were a series regular on that one. Yes, I was, and I remember what I made. Even uh, <laughs> Lori Hill. Okay, I have, I have a pattern in my career, in that. I do things with extremely successful show creators, and I am in their one failure, okay? <laughs> All right. Lori Hill is a prime example. Lori Hill was created by Neil Marlins and Carol Black. They created things like The Wonder Years, Growing Pains, and out of Lori Hill, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, These Friends of Mine, and then The Ellen DeGeneres Show. Right. Uh, this was a, a sort of a doctor show. Ellen DeGeneres played, had never done TV, I don't believe, although you may prove me wrong. I'm not getting, I'm not even going to try okay. to correct. She and I became very fast friends, and uh, earlier we were going to be in a show together, but there was a strike. I had actually asked her out on what I thought was a date. <laughs> and. We went, uh, there's a, was an institution here that just closed called Kate Mantellini's, and we went to Kate Mantellini's for lunch, and Ellen, you know, this, she had this punky haircut, and she was young, and funny, and attractive, and, uh, 
you know, I was attracted to her, and we ended up, let me just say, being good friends. <laughs> uh, and it was great, again, to work on uh, uh, with her on, on Lori Hill, and she was sort of out to, in private, but not in public. And Lori Hill lasted, it, it followed the Roseanne bar, the Roseanne, okay? Mm-hmm. Couldn't have had a better time slot because Neil Marlins and Carol Black were big TV people. And in the pilot, I remember, and this was a long time ago, a little kid dies of AIDS in the pilot of a <laughs> sitcom. Well, that just wasn't, that just wasn't, you know... I mean, these guys were brilliant writers, but I think that was a miscalculation. I'm just going to say that. Uh, and it, la- it was gone in four episodes. Gone in four episodes, their only failure. I also did a show, I don't think it's on your list, Capital News. Is that on your list? It's not. I'm familiar with it, but it's not on this list. David Milch created that show, okay? Gone in four episodes. I was in a show uh, called... Uh, Legally Mad, the first pilot David Kelly ever wrote and produced that did not get picked up. Okay? Uh, That's all I want to say. I was in David O. Russell's uh, Nail, which became Accidental Love, never came out in the theaters. I am a show killer. All right? Now, there's there's some information for you and anybody who's listening. And I'm not proud of it, but it happens to be the truth, and I, I, I've learned to accept it. <laughs> well, actually, Legally Mad is, is farther down the list. So we can go oh, it's on detail. there? Yeah, it is, oh, actually. That's <laughs> uh, actually the last one, so we'll save that one for the grand finale. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but I did uh, just a, a sidebar regarding Capital News, since you mentioned that. We'll say that based on your presumption, it was the first gay character on television. Yes, was it? <laughs> Everything, either people I worked with, it was their first job, or whatever I've done is the first ever. It was the first gay character on television, according to David Milch. Okay. So, you can you can take it up with him. I, again, I'm not even going to argue. Okay. Especially not with David Milch. No. Uh, let's let's see. see. So next up, we've got uh, Original <laughs> Intent. Original Intent. Original Intent. Give me a give me a couple of people who are in that. Uh, I'll give you first. I'll give you the the one liner from IMDb, which is a lawyer accepts to defend a homeless shelter from a forced eviction. <laughs> oh, okay. Martin Sheen was in that. That you know, original intent was like a lot of small independent movies with no money. Uh, and I think you might have a couple others on your list, and they all suffer not from people who are not talented, but from people who don't have enough money or time to try and do what they're doing. It's like trying to build a mansion on a very small piece of land, and it just doesn't doesn't fit. And Original Intent had some very amateur actors. It had Chris Christopherson, really good. It had uh, Martin Sheen, really good. It had this guy, Kurt Fuller. I believe he was up and coming at the time. And uh, I don't remember having fun. I don't remember much, but just a lot of very earnest people. I probably should have skipped this one, but I want to save that. I'm just, I'm just sort of vamping on this one. Uh, 
because it was, you know, they, the guy had something he really wanted to say about homelessness, but, uh, you know, if, if, if you want to make a statement and you want to do it in a movie, the movie better be damn good because people, if, if it's not, if it doesn't have special effects, people dying, blood, or sex, you've really got to do a good job. That, uh, that cast, like you said, Chris Christopherson, yeah. Mark Keen. Yeah, because but, it's all uh, drawn by, you know, the subject matter and the fact that it actually was trying to say something good, but it gets lost, man. It gets lost when there's there's not enough, the shots aren't right. It's just not, it's just not right. And people are used to it? extreme professionalism when they watch something. Well, they had a couple, there were a couple of old school TV actors in there, uh, Joseph Campanella and <laughs> Vince Edwards. That's right. That is right. I did not work, I think I did talk with Joseph Campanella. He came in for like an hour or something, and uh, you know he had that that great voice, and uh, he he talked like that, and he was that, and he did that, and he played that, and he made a great career out of being that guy, and he was that guy. Uh, Vince Edwards, I did not see. I think the only other person in the cast that uh, I would be remiss if I didn't note is the artist formerly known as Bruce Jenner. Was he? Yeah. Oh my God. I take it you did not work with him on no, that. No, <laughs> I did not work with him. That I would remember. I mean, he was a he was a superstar then, you know. I mean, he was on the Wheaties box still, I believe. Uh, you know, perhaps back then during a, during takes, maybe we I could have done some counseling, and we could have he could have done everything a lot sooner. I would have said, "Don't hold back, man. Be who you are." But uh, I did not get a chance to say that. It's a big loss for him, because I, I would have saved him a lot of heartache. He could have skipped the Kardashians altogether, but uh, he did not talk to me. So What might have been. What might have been, exactly. All right. Uh, I'm very curious about this next one. Uh, and, of course, probably this will be the one that you, you bypass in time. So. But uh, uh, Stormy Weathers. Stormy Weathers. No, I'm not going to bypass Stormy Weathers. All right. Okay? Because... That was someone who I had when I was younger, the biggest crush on, Sybil Shepherd, who I remember from the last picture show having the greatest breasts my young self had ever seen. <laughs> and uh, I, I worked with her quite a bit on it. I played a detective, and I don't know, I think she played a detective too. It was, was going to be a pilot, but... Sybil, at the time, was not really into the movie. <laughs> she was not, she was not, I'm going to say, and I don't think she would disagree with me, giving it 100%. <laughs> to the point where, when she was off camera, she was in her trailer. She would not, did not do her off-camera lines. Uh, which usually makes me upset, but I liked her so much. And the person who was reading her lines was so good that it, it worked out just fine. Uh, and she, I had, I had been warned that she was difficult to work with, and it turned out to not be the case, which is so often the case, by the way, is that you hear, you know, if people, people in show business who have one bad day, that becomes who they are because it stays with them in blogs and tweets and, you know, stories forever. Uh, I'm sure she had more than one bad day in her career, but she didn't have any on this film, and we got along famously and, uh, and actually had a lot of fun. I remember there was a scene where 
I, I'm playing a detective, and I have to run up these stairs with my gun out and burst into her house. And I did it in the absolute most athletic and studliest way I could. And when I saw it, I realized that they were playing it for comedy because I, I literally, this is, I, I don't play action, I never played an action person because I am extremely uncoordinated and can't even run in an unfunny way. <laughs> so I, I, those are my two memories, really. Civil Shepherd being much nicer than I thought and running up those stairs and looking very, very awkward. See, that was one of those where I wasn't sure uh, about her mood on it by virtue of the fact that it was so, at least I think to most viewers and critics, uh, kind of following in the steps of moonlighting. Right, right. And, and you know, I, I understand that moonlighting was not a good experience for either of the leads. Uh, you know, when, when egos collide, anything can happen in any business in any office, in any workplace, um, which is why I always, well, I don't really have a, uh, well, I have an ego, but I keep it very, very hidden. Uh, and, and she was, she, yeah, she was not, I felt like she was sort of thinking, well, I want to work, I have an opportunity to work, but I don't really love this. I don't really feel like doing it. That's sort of the <laughs> sense I got, which, you know, you're spending somebody's money, there's millions going into it. I just think you can't do that. But she has never seemed to care what I think, so I think we're okay. I don't believe she'll hear this. That's why I said it. <laughs> well, you did get to work with her later on Psych, which I'm sure uh, must have been a better experience. It was a better experience, yes. And she remembered. She was delightful. All right, so next we've got uh, French Exit. French Exit. There is an example of a movie that was one of my favorite jobs of all time. Made for almost nothing, directed by a very talented woman who went on to marry the guy who, he's a big, uh, he's, I'm having a senior moment a little <laughs> early, uh, but uh, his name will come to me. He was in, uh, he was in, in, in Pulp Fiction, he played the guy who, who, who cleaned up after when it was really a bloody mess. Oh, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. She's married to Harvey Keitel. Uh, now, thank you very much, Will. Sure. Uh, or I'll say doctor. Um, and I played a producer. It was the first time I felt like I was small enough and real enough to be a professional actor in a movie. And that's what I loved about it. Plus, I was ended up in bed with Machen Amick. There are worse fates. There are almost any other fate is worse than that, including winning the lottery. Uh, that was again. I'm not a guy who gets the girl. I'm not. I'm not really ever touching beautiful women on film. I'm either trying to kill them, torture them, make them feel horrible. But here, I I I was a guy who had no chance of getting Machinamic but who was absolutely in love with her. And uh, it was really fun. It's something I hardly ever got to do. I almost got to play a romantic leading man, but of course, in the end, I, I got mine. Uh, but I really think, uh, except for a few sort of weird independent movie scenes that 
really didn't belong there. That that movie is underrated. Okay. And it's where I met Jonathan Silverman, who uh, is a friend to this day, whose father's a rabbi, by the way. Go on. I'm not sure if I knew that. Well, <laughs> oh, really? Why don't you just say I didn't know that? You you have to actually uh, uh, you have to say, equivocate it with I'm not sure I knew that because you know everything. You didn't know it, and I'm telling you. I did not know there that. We go. You are correct. You have filled a void in my education, and I appreciate That's it. That's something I said in Wayne's World. I did not know that. That became a catchphrase. Anyway. <laughs> All right, next one up. Uh, Pandora's Clock. Okay. I'm going to uh, pull my one-liner. Okay. okay? And say that Seattle is a great place to have an affair. Not uh, while you're married. And I was not married at the time. But it did end sort of a relationship. It needed to end anyway. All right? You've absolutely played into what I had... Uh discussed with other actors, which is that it's the perfect way to offer a tantalizing tidbit okay. and not yes. allow me to follow up with any other questions. But can I say, how tantalizing can it be to think of me having sex with someone? I mean, okay, you call it tantalizing, I call it awkward. <laughs> All right, I, I'm actually going to go with your, your version. Thank you. All right, uh, number. I guess this would be the seventh one. Oh my uh, God, we're moving so fast. Oh, I'm, I'm sure this, that's terrible for you. No, I mean my career. It, I thought it was a long career, but it's just whizzing by. Oh well, we covered all the good stuff in random roles. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, let's see. So this one is uh, Moonbase. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Now we're we're going to slow down here. Okay. All right. Because. <laughs> you tell me, all right? You tell me what you think of a movie that takes it takes place on the moon, all right? Okay. And it's garbage men on the moon. That's what it's. That's the basic thing. It's garbage men on the moon. The Earth is polluted. Who knew? And so they take all the garbage to the moon and they move them around with these moon trucks, okay? The moon is in space. There's no air, correct? That was my understanding, so if yes. If you saw something moving garbage on the moon, and it had a big exhaust pipe coming out of it and smoke coming out of it, because it had an internal combustion engine, wouldn't you think that would sort of ruin the, the suspension of disbelief in a movie for you? Well, Ed... <laughs> Ed Wood would say no. Okay. Well, this this could be on a double on a double bill. This had garbage. It had little bulldozers with exhaust coming out of them. It had us walking in slow motion, pretending to be in outer space. It had special effects that looked like they were done by a by a five year old. I mean, it was. I, it, it, God bless the director. He, it was his first movie, and he had less than no money, 
and less than no film. It was with, they were still using film, and he was using little ends. So he, it, sometimes you to buy cheap film, you buy what are called ends, and it's like part of a carpet doesn't cover the whole room. So yeah, he'd yeah. have to stop in the middle of the scene because the film would run out. And you know they tried to put something over the exhaust thing, but you can't stop diesel exhaust fumes. I mean, they come out, and then we would throw these things that were supposed to be weightless, and they would drop like rocks on Earth. Uh, it, it was it was absolutely, I think, if there was any movie that you, I would put up as the worst I've ever made, I, I'm going to say it's Moonbase. Because we were nev you never once thought we were on the moon. Never <laughs> once. Not even for a second. And I, I wore this outfit on the moon that was basically <laughs> made out of... Uh, it was like a prison... Uh, a, 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 like an orange prison thing you wear. <laughs> and then they would close it off at the bottom and I'd wear boots and gloves. And some sort of little helmet. And that was going to keep me from the, uh, you know, extreme temperatures of the moon. Sure. Sure. Why not? I mean, if you can drive a tractor up there, you certainly can walk around like that. So that's, that's my moon base. I, and I, God, I'm so sorry. The, guy's first, the, the, guy, the director's name was Paolo. He's actually a great guy, a talented guy. I'm sorry, buddy, but that was not, that was not good. I'm sure it is complete coincidence that based on IMDb, this was also his last oh. directorial well, episode. Again, my record remains intact, okay? <laughs> I will say this is officially, certifiably, the first film in the course of doing this podcast that I want to not walk but run <laughs> to YouTube to see if there's any clip from it out there. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure, there, I'm sure there's, there's got to be a drinking game. Uh, I'm, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> All right. Good for you. <laughs> Glad I could help. <laughs> he says, pouring himself a drink. Uh, it's a little early, but even I might have a drink. Yes. <laughs> uh, so next up, we've got the delightfully titled, uh, obviously a children's film, uh, Porn and Chicken. <laughs> okay. Another. Uh, that This was a movie that was made for Comedy Central. All right? Okay. And it was based... On, uh, it, it was uh, written and directed by a very, very talented guy who's a friend of mine named Larry Trilling, who went on to be the supervising director on Parenthood, who's, uh, he, he's a very, very successful, great guy. There was at NYU or Columbia uh, a club called the Porn and Chicken Club, and it was, it was, at the time, a feminist statement, I believe, from two, from students who were too smart for their own good, <laughs> uh, and created this porn and chicken club where you'd eat chicken and watch porn, and you know, and it wasn't embarrassing and it wasn't sexual, and women and men could watch it and discuss it, and uh, it was sort of like you know. Uh, um, a co-ed bathroom concept, okay? <laughs> and uh, the movie, I think, is 
interesting for some of the people who were in it. Um, it was, and again, I'm going to say it was her first job, Jennifer Goodwin's first job, who is now in Once Upon a Time, I think. Uh, yes, and did a, a, she was leaving that movie to go do a movie with Mike Newell uh, and uh, Mona Lisa Smile. Mona Lisa Smile, yes. Oh. <laughs> okay, you are reading. Don't tell, you are reading. I'm, I'm absolutely okay. reading. Uh, and the guy, Evan something, he married Christina Hendricks, and he's now on Madam Secretary. Uh, Jeffrey, uh, Eric. Eric, yes. They were both, uh, they, they, I was like the old vet who, uh, who, uh, I was actually doing anger management in New York at the same time as I was doing this. And of course I was the guy from Wayne's World and, some you know when I now when I go on I said I'm all, I'm the oldest person my God it, it's <laughs> it's not even funny but even then they were like you know asking me for stories and they you know now they're almost all doing better than me it's really irritating <laughs> really irritating I was top dog on that movie they thought I was they they applauded after my first scene now I probably couldn't even get into one of their parties uh, but that that movie. Could have been, could have been, was, could have been better. It could have been better. I'm not going to say, it, it, but it had the potential to be very, very good. And I, I think sometimes, you know, it, it was sort of a, a, when you're doing a movie called Porn and Chicken and it's going to be on Comedy Central at that time, you really can't do it justice, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. Uh, but uh, it, that is notable for the, for the great casting and the prescient casting of uh, of Larry Trilling, and of course uh, they did have the, uh, I guess the official porn endorsement of uh, Ron Jeremy yes. and Jenna Jameson. Yes, uh, Jenna Jameson. I actually was. Uh, this was when when Jenna Jameson was Jenna Jameson. I really tried to get to the set that day and did not make it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I tried to stay away for the Ron Jeremy sequence, but had to be there. So, well, you know, it's the, one of the ironies of show business. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Replicate. Replicate. One of my best friends is James Roday. The reason I ended up in Psych was because I met James Roday on Replicate. <laughs> and uh, it was a... a and, and, and I got to work with the, another hero of mine, Eugene Levy, who uh, was a delightful guy. And it was also uh, a movie where I did a scene where their show, it's about cloning, <laughs> thus replicate. One of the clones blows up in front of me and its guts end up on me. <laughs> and the scene had to be shot three times and it was really... One of the most disgusting experiences. I have a more disgusting experience. I don't know if it's on your list, but it is. <laughs> or I may switch out just to tell you this disgusting experience. Uh, is is uh, is Van Wilder three on your list? It's not, but we clearly need to make room for something. Switch to Van Wilder three from something. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> it, this was the second most disgusting thing that ever happened to me because it, 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 they had some. They had devised some blower. It would blow. I don't know if they were real chicken guts. I don't know what they were, you know, but they would blow on. They would blow them on me, 
and I would ju- I just screamed and screamed so much that you know how we you could almost faint because you get lightheaded. Sure, yeah. I almost fainted a couple of those takes, and then I had to change my suit, and you know there was no shower, and I had to wipe the grease off me. It was it was horrible, but uh, I got to know James Roday, and I got to know Eugene Levy, and uh, and that was that was great. And Allie Landry, come on, that was right after she was the Doritos girl. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I guess I, I also like a dirty old man a lot, <laughs> talking you know about the women, but. You know, I got into show business to get girls. <laughs> now, I never got any of them, but that's why I got in. <laughs> well, I will say that uh, between uh, this one and uh, the last one, you have some of the great character names of your career going on in this list. Uh, this was uh, President Chumley. It's President Chumley. <laughs> and the other one was Dick Richard Head or Dickhead. Uh, Dean, Dean Widehead, I guess was his last oh, name. Oh, right, so. Widehead. Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's see. So then next up is uh, Private Valentine, Blonde and Dangerous. All right. I'm going to switch. <laughs> okay. I'm going to switch. Uh, I will I will only tell you, the director of that movie was a friend of mine. He, we were playing a lot of golf at the time, and he wrote a one-speech one part for me so I could come for a week and play golf with him in Louisiana. <laughs> and I uh, worked with Jessica Simpson, but I'm going to switch. Fair enough. Two, the most humiliating experience of my life as an actor. Yes. That's what, that's what I want. Okay, well, and I want to. I need to get this out. I don't speak about this very often. And this right. is going to shock you. And <laughs> we're talking about really one of the most underrated movies uh, of the last ten years, Van Wilder 3, A New Beginning. <laughs> what a... What a <laughs> I could not even say that with a straight face. No, it's, it's a prequel. It's, it's a prequel uh, to Van Wilder 1. Uh, and it really is, it really goes into it. I played <laughs> the head of a milit, sort of a, the milit, sort of a milit, the military kind of head of this college that Van Wilder goes to. Um, they wanted Rip Torn. <laughs> he, was, he was not, he was available, but... Uh, on his best day, on his worst day, he wouldn't take this, okay? He would rather, I think he once got drunk and broke into a bank. He would, he would, he, he would rather do that than do this movie, okay? All right. Uh, and so they wanted me to play it like this. Really rough and sort of, and I said, I'm not Rip Torn, okay? I, I have a daughter going to private school. That's why I'm doing this movie. I am not Rip, school, Rip Torn. Uh... And it was also in Georgia in the summer, which is absolutely, when you're wearing a general's uniform with a hat and everything, and it's 90% humidity, you're just asking for a bad time, okay? (laughs) You're just asking for a bad time. And here is the most humiliating thing. Well, there were two, okay? There were two. One was... I get a massage every day from one of the students. Did, did I mention that there's a, some, you know, there's some a gratuitous sex in this movie? The hell you say in a college film, yes. really? Van Wilder. Well, of course, they don't, this was suggested, but in, in the first, they both involve a dog, but I, it's going to be okay. Uh, 
Yeah, we'll see. The scene is they uh, the 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 masseuse who's a student says, uh, "Do you want do you want me to to lick you?" All right. And my character says something like, and I'm not kidding, does an Arab shit in the sand? Okay. Wow. You can bleep that out. And then the joke, the hilarious joke in the movie is that they have this, they put peanut butter in that area and have a dog come and lick it off. Okay. All right. That's not the worst. Uh, That's the second worst. Okay. All right. All right. The first worst, because that was all faked, okay? That never really happened. They just had a dog walk toward me. <laughs> because even I, I said no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I will not do this. And they said, okay, that seems fair. At the end of the movie, I'm, you know, I'm the bad guy, and I'm... Uh, you know, there's war games or something, and I'm going to kill Van Wilder. That's what I decided <laughs> to do. If only I had done it, it could have saved the world uh, a couple of bad movies. And, but instead I get knocked out, all right? Okay. And the joke is that I get knocked out, this dog sits on my forehead, and then they were going to CGI in enormous testicles on the dog. <laughs> Okay? Yeah, you're laughing already. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. So we're, we're finding out a little bit about you, too, the things you laugh at. Um, <laughs> I have a 10-year-old. Come on. Okay. Well, I'm knocked out. I'm already think. I'm already thinking, I took this movie because my career is at an end. All right? <laughs> I'm thinking it's over. It's It's gotten... I hadn't worked in a while. Uh, I had not done... Midnight in Paris with Woody Allen. I, he must have seen this, which is why I got it. Sure. And I and I was, I mean, I was really, I was in a in a lull. You only do movies like this if you're in a lull. And now I'm lying down, and there's a dog. They place the dog on top of my head, and they had taken the dog to urinate earlier. Okay. You know what's coming. <laughs> they they place the dog on top of my head. And I'm thinking, oh, God, finish this shot. Please, just finish this shot. Or kill me. Do one or the other. The dog is there, and it's sitting, and everybody's laughing, 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 laughing. Because I find out later, and then I, and then I feel this little drip. <laughs> Yeah. Because a little bit had not, a little bit was just hanging off the little uh, penis of the dog, <laughs> and it was just hanging, tantalizingly hanging there. And they, they didn't think, oh, we better get this dog off Kurt, our respected actor. <laughs> they thought, oh, please drop, drop, drop. We're going to sit here as long as it takes, and then it did. The dog peed on me. Okay. Okay. That, and I, I actually, inside, I didn't know it, I started crying just a little bit. Uh. Yes, because that was rock bottom. Rock bottom. 
That's as low for anybody. If you're having a bad day, think about that. It could be worse. <laughs> you can take out the crying part, because it does kind of <laughs> bring you to a real place. I didn't really cry, but I wanted to. It was, it was really, I mean, think about it. Just think about it. And then later, they keep that in, and then CGI, on, CGI in enormous dog balls on my face. I haven't seen the film, but that's what I've heard. Man, I sure hope I can find that clip. Oh, you'll, you'll, you can find that clip. <laughs> oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun, fun, fun. And to think that looking at the credits, I, I thought the low of that film might have been the, there's a character who apparently was named You Dom Fa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that is an example. That's really the film at its best. Uh the the racism there was there was really no there was there was nothing uh completely inappropriate that was missed in that movie i mean it really it sets every it it destroys brain cells by you know by the second so please watch it <laughs> It's also I, I just have to note this that the uh, the other I guess headliner in the, in the film mm. was uh, Sonny Schroyer. Was it? Seemingly, yes. I mean, yes. I'm looking. I'm looking at the credits. I mean, I think that's probably yeah. uh, as far as the uh, the non students anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, it, it was it was it was it was I would say my worst experience. My worst because of the heat and the uniform. <laughs> The dog pee, the peanut butter, and the uh, racism, I think probably all those combined uh, make it the, the award winner. And, and a good switcheroonie there. A good switch. Oh, I, I dare say. Yeah. <laughs> I do think we still have two more. Yeah, and I got, what have I got left? Just the what, – what, 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 what escape do I have? What's left? Uh, the escape that you've got Just say no. Yeah, you can just say no. All right. And, if I haven't said it yet, I don't see it coming. <laughs> um, well, I mean, maybe the next one. The last one, I think we're still safe on you discussing, but the next one is Boy Band, a.k.a. We Got the Beat. <laughs> yeah, let's just say no. Okay. Just say no. It's not just say no. Just say no. I'll say one thing. There's okay. a hilarious it's, – it's, there's a hilarious scene – where this it's about a, a boy a sort of a parody of a boy band coming together where they film their first boy band thing wearing tidy whities and um, completely clear plastic pants and shirt and it, it's it's that's a pretty funny scene okay <laughs> and apparently isolated very <laughs> very I get shot in the butt with a BB gun that's the other thing. Nice. Mm. Relatively speaking. By the way, I was my wife in that is Ming Na Wen, who is a wonderful actress. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Wonderful, and we had a great time. But I don't think even she would talk about it. <laughs> so now I want to test that theory. No. But uh, okay, so the last one, thankfully, seems to have been a good experience to discuss, even though she didn't get picked up, and that's Legally Mad. Okay. Yeah. Legally Mad. Let me just throw out some names, okay? Okay. David Kelly. No. Hugh Bonneville. Nice. 
Kristen Chenoweth. Yep. Kurt Fuller. Who? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tom Holland, who's a wonderful English actor. Is that his name? Do you, are you looking at it? Oh, uh, Hollander. Uh, Tom Hollander. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a movie called In the Loop that is one of the most hilarious, scathing movies about politics ever made. He's brilliant oh, yeah, in it. Yeah. Uh, Hugh uh, Bonneville, of course, from Downton Abbey and uh, every other thing. Uh, it was a show about lawyers with a musical component. It was directed by Kenny Ortega, probably one of the great uh, direct musical. He directed High School Musical. He was directing Michael Jackson's comeback movie when Michael Jackson died. Oh, yeah, this is it. Right. Yeah. And uh, this show just sat there like a, like a fried egg that was left <laughs> out in the sun. And I don't know why. No, I can't figure it out. Uh, it, the script I liked, the actors were fantastic, um, but it just, it's, it's one of those things that's very interesting and why you can't really predict anything in show business. You can put everything together with the most talented people and throw all the money in the world at it, and sometimes it just is no good. And you don't know why. You just can't figure out why. And this was one of those. And it's a very frustrating one because I really like David Kelly. And I really liked all those people. And I, I was thinking this is going to, this is it. This is, this is going to put my kids through college. This is it. This is going to go. It's David Kelly. It's going to go. <laughs> uh, no. No. No and double no. And uh, it didn't, I don't think it, it deserved to go. It just wasn't that, it didn't jump off. It didn't, I don't know. It's a very frustrating thing, but it's very, it's very emblematic of why show business is a, is a, a sort of magical in, in the dark sense and the light sense business, because you just, it's alchemy and you put these things together and sometimes you get gold, but more often than not, you get lead. And uh, I don't know why. I can't figure it out, and neither can anybody else. And uh, that's a good one to end on. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you enduring this. Will, I love you. Oh, thank I you. think you're a good man. And uh, I, I will always, uh, until I retire, which is coming up, I'm getting ready, I will always, uh, I will always talk to you. You know, I, I've said before, anytime you're of a mind to uh, to write a memoir of life of a character yeah. actor, I, I stand with you to help you write you it. You know, Stephen Tobolowsky wrote one called oh, yeah. Low Actor on the Totem Pole. That, uh, there, I think we've proven right here that there are stories to be told about everything yeah. in your career. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. You're a, you're a wonderful you, – you really didn't interview that much. Can I say, I did most of the work. You threw out a couple of names and then just – Trolled the IMDb and Google. I did. So, yeah, I, 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 I think thanks go to me on in this particular interview. Really, I mean, I, I should be utterly dismissed because I, I, all I did was sit here and provide information that you didn't have and correct information that you did. 
but you did find some great, uh, some great obscure movies that I hopefully now have buried. And well, now you probably will never be asked about them again. I, I can certainly, I certainly hope that's true. Excellent. Well, I know you've got Rosewood on March 30th. Yep. Uh, and that's, don't know the exact that's, my, that's my second one. And if it comes back next year, I'll be doing a bunch of Rosewoods. Oh, nice. So I encourage people to watch it. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if there's any remote uh, release date for Phil yet. No, no. Okay. That's going to be a very interesting movie. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Kurt. I uh, appreciate you being a guest and enduring. And uh, I look We'll look forward to seeing you in every other show ever again. Let's keep let's let's keep there our fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you. You've been listening to Obscurity Knox, and now you're not. Look for us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Just remember on Twitter, Knox is spelled K-N-O-X. And we're not bitter about that. No, really, we're not. Also, for a slightly more detailed look into the projects covered by this week's guest, head over to newsreviewsinterviews.com. Thanks for checking us out, and don't be afraid to check us out again. If you keep listening, we'll keep digging for more obscurities. See you next time. <laughs>